0: I hope you're doing great today we're going to be covering the second part of stock market investing we speak about investing in individual stocks and making sure we pick the right stock along with certain principles and strategies required to keep in mind in the early stages of investing and we're going to be calling upon mr. Siddhant Voda once again he has four years of experience as the head of investment research at Prabhudas Leeladhar so let's get started and I hope you enjoy this episode So welcome once again to this podcast. I just want to start off by saying that we're really excited to have you here. We got a really great response last time out, and I'm sure we're going to continue it with this episode as well.
1: Great. Looking forward to contribute to your listeners.
0: Yeah. So today we're basically going to just go deeper into understanding the stock market and really discussing how we can approach investments with a proper strategy which is one thing that was really touched on last time as well. So just to start out, of course, we spoke about how investing in index ETFs are a really efficient way to go, which the numbers show, and that's 100% true. But two questions that I personally get asked really often by people who've just started investing is which factors are the most important in looking for in a stock and what really drives the value of these individual stock prices for someone who does want really start investing in individual stocks. Okay. So in terms of factors, before we go into factors, what we really
1: need to understand is the perspective of the investor. Is he entering as a trade, which is a short term opportunity to profit, or is he entering with a very long time horizon, say a couple of years as an investment opportunity? Because drivers for both these different horizons are different. If I'm looking for a short-term trade, then I need to look at technicals, charts, news, events, results, expectations on the sector or or the company, those kind of short-term factors. But if I'm looking at long-term, like say three, five, seven-year horizons, then my factors change completely. Then I need to look at whether... Firstly, whether I understand the business, the sector, and the entire set of operations that the company is working with, if I do understand that, and if I'm able to drill down to the nitty-gritty of the stock, then I need to look at five, seven important factors. So the way we recommend beginners is go with companies that you firstly know, understand, use, or have some clue about, like trying to buy a stock of, say, domino's pizza starbucks apple uh netflix things which you understand and use on a regular basis is much simpler to understand these businesses rather than going into say a capital goods manufacturer or a very technical uh back-end supplier things like that but uh, what do i look at in these companies firstly dominance is this company A dominant player in whichever industry it is operating in. Ideally, my risk reward becomes very favorable if I'm sticking to the leader or the guy who's already proven himself to do something right. Because dominance is an end result of many things that a company has done right. Otherwise, you can't be a dominant player in any industry. Secondly, I look at superiority. Superiority and dominance are similar but different in a couple of ways. So, I can be the largest player in a particular industry, but not the most efficient player in a particular industry. So, when I'm talking about superiority, I want you or your investors to compare key important metrics of company A, B, C, D that are operating in a similar industry and then decide who is really superior. So, dominance and superiority are very, very important. Other than this, there are some soft factors like integrity and resilience that we look at. Integrity is basically, is the management really transparent to its shareholders? Does it really care to honestly share all the small and important details about its company and its operations with its investors? So that's really important. Because if a company or the management is not honest, even if it does well, shareholders will not make too much money in the long term. And resilience is a soft trait of a company where we see how during periods of crises, any particular company really deals with that and emerges stronger. Ideally, if a company has dominance, has superiority, has dealt with crisis and come out clean and strong, you've pretty much got a winning combination. And the other two factors that are important and that we consider is the size of the opportunity, which means if my business plan succeeds, if I'm able to execute well as a company or the management, how big is the opportunity size or the target market? If the opportunity is huge, and if we've got a superior, dominant uh, in player with integrity, your winning will be massive. Yeah. And the last thing that we look at is sustainability. What that really means is, I'm doing very good for now, but can I continue to do good in the future, given the disruption, technology, pricing, a lot of other factors like that. So only doing good as of today, but with low certainty of being able to continue to do well going
0: ahead, that is what is a key differentiator yeah i think these qualities honestly every investor should look for in a firm they should really research to get this done but one question i did have was with resilience specifically would you say resilience in the form of revenues um, gross profit or would you mean revenue uh, would you mean resilience more in terms of the share price not moving in times of crisis
1: no it's not about the share price at all it's about the business because ideally uh, the price reflects the business qualities. Yeah. Some companies that trade for a very high pay for a consistently long time, it is reflecting something, right? It's reflecting yeah. that people are valuing this company so much more because of its resilience, sustainability, durability, consistency, these kind of factors. Yeah. So we would look at resilience in terms of revenue, margins, cash flows, ROEs. So if during a period of crisis, a 20% ROE goes down to five, a 8% EBITDA margin goes down to three and volume numbers are contracting, how fast and how uh, stably can this company get it back to its original level and then continue to do better after the period of crisis? That is critical not just surviving through the crisis, emerging stronger through the crisis. Because when you combine dominance plus superiority plus resilience, if a company has been able to do all these three things, you're pretty certain that it's going to do well in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's one really key story about this in uh, 08 when Amazon's share price was completely tanking. But um, in an interview, Jeff Bezos was speaking about how all his key indicators was going up so the share price going down, it didn't really affect their resilience of the company. So yeah, I guess that makes complete sense about how you should look about the key indicators to the revenue instead of just the share price when it comes to resilience.
1: Right. So you pretty much hit the point.
0: The next question would be, so let's say if one person is ready to invest in the stock market, they know the value of investing early and they know what the compound effect is would you say that there's something you should look for in the market before making that first investment? And again, this could be in regards to timing the market, a period where the stock market is slightly undervalued or overvalued or any key indicators new investors should look for when making that first investment.
1: See, ideally, if I have a one to two year horizon, and if the markets are at a lower level of the valuation band, it's good to enter. And There are two things, right? So in a period like this, where the markets have given upwards of 100% plus returns in one year, there is little left on the table for short-term investors. Similarly, if I have a very long horizon, say 10 years, 15 years, then a one-year blip doesn't matter. But to time my, at least to try to time myself better, It is advantageous to invest when markets are at lower price-to-books, lower PEs, lower market cap-to-GDP ratios. It's always better to buy cheaper. That's the golden rule. And buying cheap definitely helps you in the short run, but not necessarily in the long run.
0: So relating to this, would you say that it's really important to have goals before you start investing and really know what you're investing for? The most critical thing for any person who's entering
1: the market and is a fresher is defining two things. What is my time horizon for anything? So I call it the holding period perspective. I should be very, very clear why I'm entering the market at a particular time. Is it for a two month gain? Is it for a quick one week trading profit? Is it for consistent wealth creation? Or is it to learn how to trade on a consistent basis? So, time horizon, holding period has to be very clear. Without that, there is no
0: rationale for you to do anything in the market. 100%. I think you really need to define your goals before really making any investment, honestly. and Absolutely. Coming to the next question, um, what do you think are a couple of non-negotiable principles that every beginner should stick by when they're investing in the stock market?
1: Mm. non-negotiable principles i think sticking to the rationale respecting the numbers and once you have identified a company or a trading bet you've got to stick to the thesis so the the reason for entry has to be the reason for exit what i really mean is if i have entered a stock because i think the results are going to come out and the numbers are going to be phenomenal, then I need to wait till the results come out. I cannot leave midway. Similarly, if I'm buying a stock at a 200-day moving average after it is corrected 30%, and I'm assuming that it will now reverse from here, it will mean reverse from here, uh, and give me a 30% return, then I don't have to book profits if I get the first 10%. So knowing why I entered this trade, with what target returns, with what holding period, and with what rationale. Once I know this, I have to stick to that story. I can't book out in the middle of that. Unless it's a stop loss. Hmm. By stop loss, I mean if things have reversed and it's not playing out the way I expected, then of course I need to be agile enough to get out of the trade. But when it's falling right, it's going in the direction I wanted it to go, then I need to write the story
0: out. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but is the main gist of what you're trying to say is basically sticking to your strategy and not giving in to fads and external noise unless it's really an important situation where you're still cash.
1: Absolutely.
0: So yeah.
1: Yeah. St- sticking to a system by yeah. system can be applied to investing, to trading, to everything. So once you it'll take you many years to actually build a system that you know works. But once you've found that, you can't keep breaking rules. Mm. If you consistently follow a system that works slightly better than uh, normal markets, then you're always going to end up doing very well. Because 60% right, 40% wrong, even if you get to that kind of success ratio, but repeat it consistently over years, eventually it's going to lead to a lot of profits. But having no system means you don't know where you're going wrong. You don't know where you're going right. So you're pretty much as good as your last trade. And you don't know if you can repeat it. That's the problem. Even with the biggest fund managers, that is the issue. If you don't know why you got it right or why you got it wrong, and if you don't have a system to play the rules, I mean, to play the
0: market, you're only as good as your last trade. Yeah, 100%. I think... That's a really important element of investing that every beginner should take into account. I think, honestly, everything that we spoke about today, if new investors can implement this from day one, there's a lot of potential to what they can achieve in the market. Because they'll really be be cancelling out some of the really common mistakes, but they're honestly really painful mistakes as well that many of us have made uh, at the start. Right. So, yeah, I think with that, we'll end today's session thank you so much for coming on and thanks pleasure is mine. Future as well for sure thank you
1: so much thank you so i much. hope your investors and listeners take two or three important points away from this and they start benefiting yeah absolutely
0: thanks so much for today hey everyone that'll be all for today's podcast i really hope you enjoyed it and took home some key points on stock market investing. Next time we'll be shifting our focus to real estate, so definitely tune in for that. And if you like our content, make sure you subscribe and follow us at the Dot Millennial Investor on Instagram. And I'd just like to end by saying I hope all of you have a great day and stay safe.